everybody, and welcome to Cocktail Culture with Citywide Liquors. It's another interview this week, and we are interviewing Dan Seuss from Bell's Brewery. Dan, how's it going, man? Hello. Uh, everything's good. Thanks for having me. appreciate yeah. the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so I pronounced your last name correctly, right? I just want to make did. sure. Yes. Okay. Awesome. That doesn't happen very often. Okay. I have, have been training for a long, long time, just constantly <laughs> learning last names and how to say them. It's a honed skill. Um, so why don't you go ahead and tell us like how long you've been in the beer industry and what kind of like brought you into beer originally? Yeah, so I've been in, uh, in the beer industry for just over eight years. Um, my background, I started in the, on the distributor side of things for, I've worked in that, on that side for about four and a half years. And then um, next month, January will be my four year anniversary with Bell's. So really, wow, it's gone that's by crazy. <laughs> Say, I think I've known you at least the whole time you've been in the beer industry because that's where we met uh, on the distributor side. And wow, I can't believe you've been with Bell's for four years now. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fun ride, but yeah, time goes by extremely fast. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's awesome. So, what made you like want to join the beer industry? From what were you doing before that? Uh, before that, I was working at a grocery store. Uh, okay. That was my first job going back to to high school, and I uh, worked there for the first couple years in college, and then. Uh, before I turned 21, I kind of got the hint or the, my world turned around with the, or my mind blown with the world of craft beer um, right. where my brother, he was uh, moving, he graduated from IU Bloomington and uh, we were moving him back home. And uh, over the time of hard studying he was doing down there, he was also experimenting with a lot of different craft beers. Mm -hmm. and I hadn't at that time as a teenager, never witnessed or knew about all those different beers at that time really opened my mind as to the beer world of what's out there and what's available as opposed to just domestic beer. So by the time when I turned 21, I started, you know, trying out a lot of different beers and uh, really got into it. And uh, it was a huge hobby and passion of mine. Um, and then during college, uh, I was studying for dental hygiene at the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> I realized that is not at all where my, uh, <laughs> my heart was. Um, yeah. This hobby of, of beer. And um, so I changed my major, uh, and needless to say, my counselor wasn't too, too thrilled with that decision, but uh, <laughs> I reached out to a, a good buddy of mine who was working in the distributor side for uh, a couple years by that time, and uh, he let me know there was a job opening available. So I took that opportunity, and um, a few years went by and never envisioned that I'd end up working for one of the best breweries on the planet, but here I am now. So I guess I got to thank my brother. Yeah. Uh, and I was my friend and of course my college counselor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. That is, that is awesome. That's a great story. Uh, do you remember any of the, any, like, it doesn't have to be the first craft beer, but uh, any of the early craft beers that you tried that you're like, wow, that kind of like changed your perception of beer? Um, well, one thing, the couple, first couple of beers I tried were Sierra Nevada, Pale Ale, mm -hmm. and Bell's Two Hearted. And I thought they were disgusting. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot of people who try IPAs for the first time and think, "Wow, this is these are awesome <laughs> beers." And of course, knew nothing about the history of those brands or the breweries, let alone. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, now those are two beers that I absolutely love, and IPAs as a style, I, I have really grown to like too. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of one of those that yeah, I think hoppy beer in general is kind of a uh, acquired taste for a lot of people, and it just takes like finding that one entrance beer that has like the right amount of balance of just like maltiness and hoppiness for people. And like, even like you said, now as 
as seasoned as we are in our craft beer drinking, it's like, I find, you know, I, I recently revisited Two Hearted and I hadn't had it for a long time. And I'd kind of thought like, ah, oh, it's, you know, it's a little malty for my taste. Like I just been drinking tons of dry IPAs and then I drank it. I had it one of the, like a pretty fresh 19.2 about a month ago. And I was like, yeah, that's great. Uh, it's still, <laughs> it's still really good. Like, you know, that's why it's, you know, one of the, I would say in our area, at least uh, Bell's being local, one of the, the top like draft IPAs for a lot of places where it's just like, yeah, you have a two hearted line. Like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, we're uh, we're very fortunate that that brand in particular, being around since 90, 1997, is mm-hmm. certainly not the new kid on the block, but it's right. a beer that holds up um, to the test of time and um, still adored by beer drinkers all around. Yeah, I think there's so much going on with hops. Everybody's hitting those like experimental hops, New Zealand hops, everything's super tropical, the PNW stuff, but it's like, do some centennial centennial is such a classic it's like yes finally pine like i'm tired of mango and dragon fruit and these like weird tropical notes that you get and i'm just like nope i just just want a mouthful of citrus and pine and that's (laughs) yeah too hard is perfect for that Mm -hmm. yeah you mentioned centennial uh we are that's the single sole hop that we use for too hearted and we are because of the popularity of that brand we are the number one purchaser in the entire world for this oh wow that's awesome. Do you know, um, I mean, I know that's primarily like getting a lot of it from America. Do you know that the, like, if you get this deep into the hop buying, do you know, if the, I mean, most of it or all of it comes from uh, American hop growers? Uh, as for all of our like American IPAs and mm-hmm. just about all of our beers too. Yeah. We are utilizing all us grown, uh, hops. So a lot of, a lot from Yakima Valley. And then we also are working with some Michigan hop farmers. Gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome. Not to say it's bad to get hops from anywhere else in the world. Like there's lots of great hops that are grown. I think that's one industry that it's okay if we import some of, because if we're talking beer, like there's a lot, you know, a lot that our terroir can't do, but like Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. So as with craft beer, it evolves so much uh, as it is. I mean, just seen in, in say we're both what in our early thirties, like if you're, are you 30 yet? I'm 31. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought we were around the same age. So even just in the the 10 years we've been drinking, you know, beer and craft beer, I feel like there's been a lot of trends come and go and evolve. And what trends as of late, say in the last five years, have you seen that you think is like that people still one think is a trend and two you think is going to just like persist? Like people probably said that about hoppy beer originally. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the, the New England IPA is certainly a style that has staked its claim and is here to stay. Uh, a few years ago when there were just a handful of breweries making those like out, out East. Um, I, I don't think I'm alone with saying that maybe that that was something that was just particular to that part of the country or mm-hmm. those breweries. Um, but everybody, everybody across the country is brewing that style now. And it's been part of uh, a big factor of the growth of the IPA uh, style as well as because so many people are drinking in as well as brewing the New England style IPA and, those juicy, fruity um, IPAs as well as fueled a lot of that growth for the, the craft beer sector. Yeah, it's definitely an awesome entrance point for people, I would say. Just mm-hmm. like it's, you know, you're getting that lack of bitterness and, you know, just, I think just not to sit here and, uh, you know, plug bells constantly this entire episode. I mean, I know that's what you're here to do, but that doesn't have to be what I'm here to do. Uh, but like official is is a great entrance to the hazy style. And I think it's, and with the, like, it's, it's a hoppy wheat, right? 
um, like there's a good amount of wheat to it. So it's like yeah. got that softness to it as well that I think that it's like, you know, really low IBU. Like, is it, so, I mean, it, it's, I guess you guys do market it as a hazy, but it's also in that like hoppy wheat category, right? As well. Sure. We do use a lot of wheat malt in that beer that gives it, like you mentioned, that soft body and uh, that really smooth feel to it. Um, yeah, the, the IBUs are toned, tuned way down on that beer. Uh, just to bring out the the soft fruity characteristics of the hops and the malt as well in that beer, uh, and like you said, it it really attracts some of the IPA drinkers or beer drinkers in general who may not like IPAs without having that that bitterness and kind of a punch in the mouth uh, factor that some IPAs or double IPAs can have. Um, that's one great attribute of that style. Yeah, definitely. No, I think yeah, in the I mean the hazy and the wheat. I mean a lot of people. I think a lot of people, if they don't like the hoppy stuff sometimes, then they're not huge on lagers because it just reminds them of like a traditional light beer or something. An entrance point too is really like weeded Hefeweizens, those kinds of things, uh, those general ones like that where um, like even even something like Lager of the Lakes that is just like a really nice, like I feel like it's got a nice bready characteristic to it. Bready, I won't say bretty, like those are, <laughs> those are words I have to... Uh, separate in uh, beer lingo but I think both of those are you know I, I think that you know it's a nice entrance point though for people because you kind of have those familiar flavors mm -hmm. um, so uh, as a lot of things have changed uh, for everyone since March uh, how how was Bell's um, how has it changed like what you're doing uh, on the sales side and how has it changed what Bell's is doing um, since COVID started well it made changes across our entire company um, just like I would imagine every other business had to do this year. Um, we experienced from a production side, a huge shift in uh, demand for certain types of vessels. And that was kegs. We had to pretty much shut down because there was no use for kegging beer really at, for a while. So all that production of beer went towards fulfilling our canning lines. So we were running our canning line seven days a week just to meet up with the demand for the off-premise side of things. Uh, and 12 packs were a huge part of that volume. Um, we experienced 12 pack selling faster than, than ever before. So with that, we learned a lot about consumer behavior as well. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, there's certainly no, there was no playbook to consult regarding how to run a business during a pandemic. So right. we were forced to kind of make these decisions on the fly and, you know, hope we were doing the best thing, keeping everyone's safety in mind. Cause that's always our, our biggest goal is to uh, make sure everybody's safe and sound. So um, we had to change up some things as well for our general store and uh, eccentric cafe. So we shifted a lot to curbside and carry out um, like everybody did, as well as you guys for that matter too. Um, <laughs> so we were doing curbside food. Um, people could order food and beer online and then pick it up uh, outside the, the general store and the eccentric cafe. Um, so for the first time, we were also selling crawlers, 16 and 32 ounce crawlers. Oh, awesome. Uh, everything we had on draft. Uh, we're still doing that currently as well. Um, just because so many things changed, and especially in Michigan, um, with how businesses could operate with on-premise and all that. So for the sales side of things, it shifted up a lot for all of us as well. Um, sales calls went to like what we're doing now, emails, phone calls, <laughs> yeah. Zoom calls, text messages. Um, we're still doing that very quite often. And uh, just mainly to reach out to customers, let them know what we're doing, um, what's available to them, and just to keep them updated and also to let them know that even though we may not be able to see them in person, we certainly haven't forgot about them. 
uh, you know, we're still there to help support them in any way we can. And one other big thing we did with, in terms of the sales change is uh, in-person events uh, for, you know, like samplings, you know, you and I have talked about this before, you know, when, when we might be able to get back to that. Unfortunately, they're still off the table for now, but uh, we hope to get back to those uh, when we feel it's safe to do so. Hopefully that will all change for next year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how, how has it changed for you uh, in like when you're introducing new beers? Like I feel like this year even, I feel like there's been more like Bell's new releases. Maybe I'm just like not paying attention as hard. Maybe I'm paying more attention that it seems like there's been more do you think you guys have shifted some stuff that you were like already brewing and you're saying, Oh wait, these are just going to go draft. These are going to stay in house and then switch it to package side or like, um, and then like lampshade recently. Um, I mean, that's, you know, big release, but I feel like, ha- have you guys seen any change in that? Uh, yeah, there were a couple things for this year that we were able to change the packaging original package layout or rollout of, and there were some beers that we just couldn't do, but we will, we'll see next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Flamingo Fruit Fight series will have a whole series of those coming out next year. And this year we had planned to do a lemon lime version of that. Mm-hmm. And during shutdown, that just wasn't feasible to do at the time. So we just scrapped that beer altogether. And um, some of our other beers we had to shift that we had like specialty releases slotted just for, for keg releases. We either just sold those beers uh, in six packs either at the general store or we just shifted them to, to cans or bottles and then you know, if we had enough to distribute, we would, we would get it out to some markets. Um, but yeah, it's certainly not our preferred way of doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sure it's uh, really easy for a uh, brewery of your size to make these really quick changes when obviously you have to, you know, when you're like, Oh, we're going to do a can. Well, um, let's call the aluminum company and get seven semis of this can to do this. How, how many barrels a year are you guys at? Uh, we're right around half a million. Okay. Yeah. So, so not, quite tiny um nope. what are, are you guys is it second largest in michigan um, or first yes we're the second largest but okay the largest independent craft brewery in the De- definitely for sure yeah of course no i think that's yeah anything like that in our states where i mean craft beer's been around for a long time but we're not like california where they're like oh yeah we're a craft brewery and we're doing huge numbers in annoyingly large numbers mm-hmm. uh no that's amazing um so as, as we've said, uh, with, you know, you've had some, I, you know, you're doing a lot of, you're at home more, uh, you're doing probably more at home beverage drinking than having to go out in the market and talk to people. Uh, what's your go-to right now? What's your favorite beer you've had recently? Um, the, well, being stout season. Yeah. Um, uh, I've been a long time fan of the, the revolution Deepwood series. So yeah. I've had my fair share so far this year of the, the cafe death and I, I love mm-hmm. coffee beers and coffee mm-hmm. stout. So that one, that one is everything I need right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Say those, yeah, they, they go right up to the point on a lot of those of like, I love the coffee adjuncts. And, um, I was actually just talking to, uh, Andy from revolution recently and, um, they have a coffee, their coffee Eugene is coming back into Kansas year. So that's coming soon. Um, pretty excited for that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, can't get enough coffee beer for sure. <laughs> and if it's a good legit amount that you can get a little caffeine buzz off it too, that yeah, makes me so happy. That. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so anything, anything else coming out soon? Anything uh, you want to plug in the new for the new year and the next, you know, say the next quarter coming out for Bells? Uh, yeah, we've got a ton of stuff uh, coming awesome. up down the line. 
Um, it's crazy to think that we're just a few weeks away from Hop Slam coming back, but that'll right. be back out next month. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, one COVID shift we had to make, uh, we were putting that beer back in six pack bottles. Um, so that'll be uh, available mm -hmm. for the first time in bottles in I think about four or five years. Right, uh, yeah. And uh, starting around February or March, we'll have a, a brand new beer coming out called No Yeah. It's a okay. play on the, the Midwest phrase that people use around <laughs> here. So this that beer will be exclusive for our area and a few other Midwest states. Uh, that'll be rolling out year round in February. Uh, so oh, we're awesome. pretty excited about that one. What's so the really, style? Uh, it's a golden ale. Oh, cool. Uh, really light, four and a half percent. Very easy drinking, very approachable mm -hmm. for just about all degrees of beer drinkers. Um, right. And the packaging is pretty cool on that as well. It's got a bunch of different like cartoon bubbles of different phrases like "open oh, no, yeah, and, oh, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, I'm just going to sneak past you, that kind yeah. of thing. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we're excited about that one coming out here pretty soon. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and did you say, is there, when does, when does Larry's come back? Is that? Um, the Juicy Gossip. Yeah. Um, that was in, that one we launched in our variety pack here. Uh, not too long ago, but that beer will be coming back on its own in six pack bottles Cool. Um, in the springtime, probably around uh, March or April. Oh, that'll be perfect. Mm -hmm. We'll have want... mm -hmm. a few other, I, I mentioned earlier, the Flamingo Fruit Fight series. So we're going to do the, the Passion Fruit and Lime at the beginning of the year around oh, February. Cool. So the one we've done a couple times now, and then uh, we'll have a series of those coming out throughout the year. So we're, we're going to do the Lemon Lime like we had slotted for earlier this year. Um, mm -hmm. That'll make its debut. We'll have a raspberry version of that as well. And then towards the end of the year, we'll do a pomegranate version too. And then uh, we'll have a handful of double IPAs. With, I mentioned Hop Slam. Um, we'll re return the incessant New England double oh, IPA. Uh, and then we'll have Double Two Hearted coming back. And then we're revisiting an old favorite, Mars, from our Planet series from a handful of years ago. Oh, perfect. Awesome. Oh, That's cool. Yeah, I feel like those kind of came and went too quickly for a lot of people and they were like, where, Oh, there it is. Oh no, it's gone. Okay. <laughs> no, that was a, that was an awesome series that happened for sure. All right. Thanks so much to everyone for listening to cocktail culture for citywide Lakers this week. Please check out our four locations in the South Bend and Mishawaka, Indiana area. We are a family owned business and we've served the local community for more than 30 years. So please come in and check out our stores. Find us all on social media for new product updates, upcoming events, and Sidecar, our video counterpart to this podcast, which is all on our YouTube channel. Uh, we are Citywide Liquors on Facebook, and we are at Citywide Liquors Mishawaka on Instagram, and we're also at Citywide Liquors on Twitter. Uh, for the beer lovers, make sure to follow us on Untapped, where we'll let you know about all the beer that's in our coolers, anything new that comes in. And then also you can check in with our badge on there, the Citywide Libation Connoisseur Badge, where you can earn prizes just by checking in your beer. All right, Dan, thank you so much for doing this with me this week. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Dan. Appreciate the time. And thank you guys citywide for all the support you guys show bells. Much appreciated. Oh, well, definitely for sure. Have a great week, everybody.